Hey everybody, it's Matt and Jess rumbling down the radical road in Montana. This week we get into some radical God encounters. Hey everybody. Hey, let's go. Big week this week, huh? Kind of crazy. Really crazy. So we started out in Iowa. We picked up a big tractor and we're supposed to go to Washington with it. We get to the truck stop. We decide we're gonna use the restroom real quick before we leave and we have somebody put in front of us, yeah? We did. Yeah, we went to the lounge. Um, we were waiting and we were just uh, minding our own business, kind of doing some personal stuff on the phones, organizing some things coming ahead of us. And there was a woman sitting in the lounge. She was 60, she told us. and. Well, and start it, chatting. Yeah, and it started out with an interesting trucking piece, too, which I found interesting because she was talking about the conversation started because she was talking about this gentleman who she overheard a phone conversation with who basically his company just called him and said, we can't keep running anymore. We're shutting it down. You're just going to leave the truck and trailer there. We're going to sell it where you're at. Um we're buying you a bus ticket to send you home. So the guy didn't have a job. And this woman overheard the conversation and it was upsetting to her. So that kind of just like got the ball rolling, so to speak. It did. Yeah. And then come to find out she has been a truck driver since she was 22 years old, which is pretty rare for a female to start driving at 22 and drive her whole entire life. Yeah. But I I actually left the room. Our truck, we were getting the oil changed and service done on it. And they had called me. So I left to go out and handle that and not knowing where this conversation was going to go. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she had asked about us and we said that um, Matt was a truck driver and I was the wife that rode along, but that we were doing ministry on the road and she said, oh, we need so many people like you two out on the road. I'm so grateful you guys are out there doing this. She's like, I'm a believer. I listen to messages all day long in my truck. I don't even listen to music. I just listen to the Bible that's recorded and then messages. And that led to her telling me a little bit about her story. And she had mentioned that she had walked into a bathroom at one of the truck stops and a woman stopped in her tracks and looked at her and said, Oh honey, you have evil all over you. And the woman said, what? No, like I'm a believer. What are you talking about? Like, I believe in Jesus. Like what? She's like, Oh no. Like there's evil all over you. I feel it. And she's like, I don't think there's evil on me. She's like, I don't know how I could have evil on me. And she starts telling me about her life and opening up. And, and I said, well, this is what, you know, Matt and I do. We pray over people, over people getting freedom and deliverance. And there is not just a spiritual realm with God, but there is an evil realm with the enemy, Satan. And, you know, it depends on our life path. And if we open up doors during our life to sin and we don't close those doors, then Sometimes we do carry things that we don't even know that we carry because we haven't closed those doors and we haven't got freedom or deliverance or prayed off those things. And she just started opening up and telling her story and it was wild, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, I mean, the story in and of itself is like completely radical. And, you know, it's not really our story to tell, but we will say that, you know, there was some very traumatic things that happened in this person's life um, to the point where I think this is where the woman in the bathroom where she started saying there's evil on you, you know, I, this, this is where these things start, right? Like something traumatic happened to her. And then as she got older, these certain events happen. And I mean, paranoia had set in on her yeah to the point where she was living in fear and she was carrying guns around at night and in her own home yes. locking windows and doors and had flashlights and 
you know, just was living in pure fear everywhere she goes. Yeah. And that was the biggie, right? Like she just, her life is just consumed with fear for very good reason too. And, you know, that's the thing is people get stuck in these places and they don't know how to get out of it. Right. right. So, you know, that's where we feel like we're gifted is that, you know, people like this, we can spend a little time with them and we can bring some freedom in their life. And, you know, it's not always an easy task because, of course, I come back in from outside. We've decided we're going to pray with this woman. She's open to it. She's ready to go. Well, she actually asked for me to pray over her. Right. She asked for me to pray over her. Right. And so in that situation, because of her story and the things that she was telling me that were so serious, um, you know, God has already told Matt and I, you're more powerful together. And so I knew, I'm like, I got to call, I got to text Matt and ask him to come in and to be a prayer warrior along my side. Because it also says in scripture, where two or more come together, we're more powerful. It's finished. It's done. Yeah. So. But, you know, it probably didn't end exactly how we wanted it to. It was just, it became very complex, right? Because as you get around somebody and you start praying over these things all these things just started popping up in the middle of it well there were so many layers that went so far back with her yeah she trusted us in that moment started opening up and sharing all the different layers and we didn't even get through all the layers but we do know now her schedule um she's scared to even um use her phone to talk on her phone she thinks people are listening to her on her phone. Yeah, because we just told her, like, we need to spend more time with you. This is not like a five-minute thing. We want to dig in and hear your story and... Help you. And help you. But I don't think we can do that in, you know, a couple hours sitting here in the truck stop. So, I don't know. It didn't end exactly how we thought we wanted it to. We're hoping we gave her all, all of our information and stuff and kind of pointed at her in some directions and we did pray with her we had a really powerful prayer with her and it was it was really good but there again i just felt like walking away it had been nice to be able to spend more time but i mean we could have been in there all night with her at that point yeah and we just hope to run into her again now that we know her schedule and you know that's why we also have the website with the faith resource page on our website is so that we don't necessarily just leave people hanging, that we can guide them to some resources to help them, to help them find the answers they need, um, to find a church nearby to get the help they need. Right. Yeah, we don't want to um, leave people hanging. But we hope we hope she gets a hold of us. She She's really crippled in fear to the point She's like, I don't think I should call you or text you. She's not on social media. Like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We know her schedule, her driving schedule. So, and we're in the same place pretty frequently. Um, I think there's going to be more interaction, but time will tell, right? Right. So anyway, we take our big tractor. We leave, we leave the area um, and head west. And, you know, as you leave Idaho going into Washington, because we're heading just like over in, just over the border into Washington, you come over the mountains there and we come around the first curve coming down the mountain and everything stopped. Everything. And we're like, oh, what's going on? So we got the CB, started talking to some people. We find out there's a pretty major accident. It was a case where a minivan with an older couple had crossed over into the other lane and hit a semi head on. It was a construction zone with, it went down to two lanes. Yeah. So there's cones that separate the two lanes and they crossed over through the cones and hit the semi head on. Um, and anyway, after they ran into each other, everything went up in flames um i never heard i know there was the gentleman was deceased immediately he was dead on the scene i think they airlifted his wife 
the truck driver sustained some injuries, but someone rescued him out of the truck. Yeah, somebody before pulled the him out. Explosion. But just a very tragic thing, which got me thinking because it just came off the tail end of us talking about people driving and being in such a hurry and stuff. And, you know, this particular piece of construction, there's been many accidents there recently. But we sat on that mountain for almost seven hours. No, it wasn't quite that long, babe. It was six for sure. It was over six. But by the time we started moving and getting to where the actual scene was, it was seven hours we were on that mountain. But the, the good part was, I don't know. There was a bunch of guys were on the CB and it was like, you know, number one, I respected the fact that the drivers understood what was going on and everything. And everybody had some real heartfelt messages about it. Yeah. And that, I don't want to say it stunned me, but I just was like so grateful that the driving community has that type of heart, number one. Right. Um, but it is a lot of hours sitting on the mountain. So the comedy started to flow <laughs> <laughs> over the radio. Yeah, the CB became our entertainment because we had no internet connection either on the mountain. Um, and if there was a little bit of connection, everybody on that mountain was using it. So it was very hard to get on any social media or news to find out what's going on. Yeah. And, and it was cool because we realized that a few of these guys were right around us. So we ended up getting out of the truck and having some conversations with some people. So that was kind of cool. Got to meet some people. But I bring up that story because it was just interesting. I kind of felt like things didn't work out how I wanted them to in my head <laughs> because I'm a planner. So I, we start this trip and in my head, we're going to drop off this tractor. We're going to go to the Tacoma port. We're going to pick up two more tractors. We're going to head back east. And I'm thinking at some point we're going to end up in Boise, Idaho. And to I was, visit some new friends. Yeah, and, we, and I was excited about it because we yeah. have friends there that we know. And we're like, oh, this will be this will time out perfectly. And so after sitting on the mountain for seven hours and then leaving there, going to Tacoma Port and one of the tractors we were picking up wouldn't start. I'm like, what is going on? I was kind of bummed. We're not going to make it to Boise. Right. And there was a church there that we wanted to try that one of our young adults that we were leaders. We met this young adult through our um, young adult group. We were leaders of it. And we've maintain contact with him. He lives in Boise and he's joined a new church that just got planted in Boise, Idaho. And we wanted to try it out. Yeah. And so nothing worked out how I thought it was going to. And so we're basically coming out of the port. I'm heading east and it's like, okay, we're going to get as far as we can. And then we're going to sit for the weekend so I can get a reset on my working clock and we end up in eastern oregon in a smaller town it does have a college there so it's not like tiny i think the population's around fifteen thousand people or something but man some things happened didn't well, it it's like two little <laughs> cities right next to each other yeah they kind of flow into each yeah. other yeah um but uh, but i was thinking about that stuff later you know with uh, being on the mountain, being late, I'm like, okay, this, w this was not by accident that we ended up at this place. No, and actually, um, speaking of, you know, God divinely plans things for his good. And he, he aligns everything. His angel armies align everything to happen for a reason. And there's unmistaken grace that happens whether it's people we meet along the way, whether it's short-term or long-term, if they make a difference in our lives that's good or bad, um, it's all for a reason. The places and the people that we encounter are, for, are intended by God. Absolutely. And 
I don't want to say things started out a little rough, but <laughs> we get to the truck stop and we decide, hey, it's the weekend. We're going to take some time for ourselves. Let's get some exercise. We'll just walk into town. So we end up walking a little over three miles into town, I think it was. We Is did. that what it was? Um, and so we have dinner and we had a bit of a spat. I don't even remember what it was about. Do you remember what it was about? It's kind of irrelevant, but you know, it was just one of those things where it's been a long week and everything was not going how we thought it was. And then we end up having a disagreement about something. So we leave the restaurant and we're going to hike back the three over three miles back because there's no Uber in this town. And I think we were both kind of not in the right mindset. At least I wasn't. I don't know about you. No, we neither one of us were in the right mindset. Yeah. And we just get to like the edge of town. And I see this person up ahead of us with a bicycle. And they're he's struggling. He's struggling, fumbling around with it. And it's like, a pink bicycle. Yeah, we can't tell really what's going on yet, but there, there's a struggle. And so I'm like, oh, here we go. God's doing his thing again. I, this happens to us frequently now. Yeah, so I ask, do you need any help? Can we help you? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. And we're like, no, but really, we're walking this way anyway. Can we help you? Yeah, so he had a flat tire on the back. And the tube started to come out when he was riding it. So he's trying to put everything back together. And it was just getting frustrating for him. And we're like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going down towards the truck stop. Well, coincidentally, that's where we're going. So let's walk. Yeah. And he was clearly, by this time we have figured out, he's clearly either a couch surfer or he is um, homeless. Oh, he's definitely homeless. Well, yeah, he ended up telling us he lives out of a tent. Yeah. Yeah, the, as the conversation progressed, it was, yeah, I live down here. And then it was, yeah, me and my girlfriend are staying in a tent out here. In the trees. In the trees. So, I don't know. I think it was one of those things where he just did not feel comfortable with us at first at all. To the point where... We said walk with us, and he was walking like 20 feet in front of us as fast as he could, almost trying to but keep us. But we didn't dip. let him get away. We did not, we did not let him get <laughs> we away. We were bound and determined to love on him, to make him feel like he was human, normal. Like, we just want to love on you. We just want to talk to you, just like anybody else. Yeah, I mean, you can tell he's been trying to keep his distance from people a little bit, and... I don't know. I never officially asked him, but I think we both got the sense that maybe he was using some type of drug or something. He's just very fidgety. You could tell in his body language. He was very nervous, very fidgety. So there was a struggle there, but I don't know. We were just kind of like, all right, God, what do you want us to do with this guy? So we just, I don't know. We just, we had a, you know, two miles or whatever it was to talk with this guy. So we talked with him for a while and just kind of pressing in on him and asking him about his life, how things are going. Right. And come to find out his mother is living in a sober house. So she's trying to do recovery for sobriety, told us. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't know where we were going to church the next morning. We just knew we were going to church. So, of course... I, I asked him, since he's from around the area and he rides his bike everywhere, I'm like, so do you know of any good churches around here? So I just wanted to get a gauge of if he had faith or if he ever had faith. And he got really nervous about that question as well. And he's like, well, there's a couple over here and I don't yeah. know the names of them. So <laughs> we knew from that point that he didn't have faith. Well, no. And, you know, I can imagine as a person who's gotten to this point in their life, Number one, I'm not worthy of anybody's love, let alone God's. Yeah. And then, you know, it's been, you can tell life has been a struggle for him. So even if he had faith, 
at minimum, it's ha at least had to wane a little bit, right? I don't know. We're just we're just trying to give this kid a minute and just be like, hey, you know, what can we do for you? And you could just tell. And we asked him that. You asked him that, Matt. You said, what can we do for you? Is there anything you need? What do you need? Yeah. And he's nothing, nothing. I'm okay. I'm okay. Nothing. He didn't want anything. Yeah. And, you know, I just think in that moment, God was telling both Matt and I to just love him like I would love on him. Yeah. Just keep loving him. Well, he had some pride. Yeah, he did. I'm a man. He was made sure that he told us that he's been working odd jobs and stuff, not just, you know, pedaling on the side of the road or whatever. Yeah. Um, you could tell it just... He was a lost, lost person, right? And unfortunately, what's happening is he's hiding out in the woods and he doesn't have anybody positive in his life. And I can see why he's hiding. We were walking with him and this other man was driving in this small SUV, hanging out the window and he's yelling at him. And he got real nervous, real nervous. We're like, oh, do you know him? And he's like, no, I don't know him. I don't know him. And he circled around, the man circled around us in this parking lot, and he's yelling at him, do you know where such and such is? And he's like, no, no, I don't, he didn't want anything to do with him. And you could tell he was real nervous about him. And the man did not like seeing Matt and I there either. And he said, well, you need to contact me when you find them. And he drove off. So you could tell that he's hiding for a reason. Yeah. And so, you know, it got late. It was fairly late into the evening at this point. Like, it was on the verge of, like, darkness. And this is about the same time we're getting to where his camp is. And I'm just like, so what do you got going on tomorrow? Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? And apparently he was getting booted out of his camp. So he had a trailer for his bicycle. He was going to move his camp somewhere. And I'm just like, listen, what, like, why don't you get up in the morning? Like, we're literally right here. You can see the truck stop. We're parked in the corner. I got two John Deere tractors on here. Just come down. I was going to make breakfast. Come down. Let's, I'll make you breakfast. He's like, really? That, that would be awesome. So I'm like. I'm just trying to open the door for him to step in so we can have some more time with him, right? Because you could tell, like, he was just run down. I don't know what he'd been doing all day. This kid needed some sleep, so I'm just like, all right, just come down. And unfortunately, he didn't show up the next morning. Like, in my head, I was thinking, oh, we're just going to plop this dude in the truck with us and head to the Walmart Maybe get him some groceries or something, but it's, it gets frustrating, right? Like you have to remind yourself that you're not the savior, right? Like there's only so much you can do. No. And at some point you just realize, okay, Lord, I'm planting the seeds for your harvest. Yeah. Like we're not trying to be the savior out here. Um, you're going to take us as far as we can go with ministry with people. But we know that we're out here planting the seeds for you, Lord, because they're not, he's not going to forget us. He's not going to forget the things that we said that made impact um, about God. And we're planting the seeds. Slowly, we're planting the seeds. And we just yeah. hope that other people are around there planting seeds in him, too. Yeah, that's the hope, right? Is like God takes over from here. Yeah. We did our part in that moment. We stepped into it. We did what we could, and hopefully it leads to something more. Right. And then from there, we walked back to the truck, and we went into the truck stop to do a final restroom stop before we head into our truck for the night. And we end up talking to the cash cashier, which is like a floor manager as well at um, the truck stop. And we got into a conversation with him as well. And it led to faith because we, of course, I was asking him if he knew of any churches. And he's like, well, I used to go to church, a couple of churches around here, but I don't go anymore. And, you know, I don't have time to go to, to church. I don't have time to do church. And 
really the way he explained church was as a building. It's like, I explained to him, I said, well, it's okay that you don't have time. Maybe you're working on a Sunday or you have other things, but church isn't just going to a building and checking it off your list. It Church is, you know, reading the Bible and prayer and worshiping and just having a relationship with Jesus. Even outside of the four walls, church is finding a community to do with other people that believe in, in Jesus too. So church can mean many things, but it's not always going to a building and being inside the building. So many people in that area that we had spoke to were looking at church as a building, as the four walls. It's like you don't go to church just to mark it off your list and say, I did it for the week. Um, That's not what going to church is all about. Yeah. Yeah. And it was informative, too, because, of course, being in the town for a little bit, we were kind of getting a sense of, some things going going on and he kind of just confirmed that you know where he's like man the this town you know it was kind of started with covid and everything where drugs have just kind of gotten its grip on a lot of people in in this small city and so i don't know we just well and he said he goes i keep to myself he goes nobody knows me I keep to myself and I looked at him and I said, God knows you. You're known. Yeah. So anyway, we go to bed, get up the next morning. Our On our agenda was we were going to hit the Walmart immediately because we were getting load on groceries and supplies and things. So we go and do that and then we load up and we're kind of just sitting in the parking lot going, well, what do we do now? And we're investigating churches in the area and there was... You're you're missing an important story, though. So while we were in the Walmart, (laughs) he's skipping over a story. So while we were in the Walmart, we were shopping, and this really cheerful man that works at the the Walmart, he's an employee, walks by, and he's like, happy Sunday. We said, happy Sunday to you. And we just started chatting with him, and we're like, every day is a great day when we can wake up and we have another breath of air and he says you're telling me he says you're right about that he goes i just lost my 24 year old daughter three weeks ago she fell asleep and never woke up and they've done an autopsy on her and we still haven't gotten any answers they can't figure it out they can't figure it out and i said sir do you have faith faith in god how are you getting through this do you and he said yeah I believe in God. He's like, I don't go to church. I, I work on Sundays. I don't go to church. And again, he goes he brought sometimes. It, he goes Just sometimes. Not regularly. He brought it back to the, you know, it's a building, it's a church. Well, even if you can't, sir, you know, just just for your your peace through this grieving time and your strength, you know, just just pray. Just ask God for that. Just ask him peace and your strength. He'll bring it to you. You need him right now. Sorry that you're going through that. But it allowed that moment for us to just um, speak into him too. And to just to see the joy on him, even though what he just went through three weeks ago, to walk up to us so joyful on a Sunday, it was just awesome to start the day speaking with someone like him. And he did mention that he had a group of people, like he had people of faith around him that were praying with him and stuff too. So, So important. I think that's a key element because that's where the joy is coming from, right? That's right. He has a stable foundation. He's got people around him. He's going to be okay. So, But it's fun that God trusts us enough to partner with him to divinely line those interactions up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not easy sometimes, right? Like, right. really, we get to talk to the guy that just lost the daughter. Like, right. I mean, those conversations are not easy. No, so but we've not, learned not to carry all of it. Yeah. We can't carry all of that on our shoulders. And it gets really uncomfortable. But, yes. you know, when this is what you're called to do, you just do it. Yes. And I don't know how many times I've said this. I don't know how many times our church says it, but, like, there's typically no growth in you unless you get uncomfortable. So, and I've got about as uncomfortable as I can possibly get <laughs> every single day but 
Um, yeah, if anyone's uncomfortable out of the two of us, it's definitely more Matt than me. <laughs> but but amazing things are happening, you know. So I go back, like we get down in the parking lot, and we're looking for a church, and there was one right in front of us next to the Walmart. We had investigated it online. I'm just like, you know, I don't think this is where we're supposed to be. And so I went back to Google, and I don't know, I just felt like this one place. I'm like, here, look at this. I think this is where we need to go. And Jess is like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's go. And this place is literally, what, four blocks away, I think it was. We literally take the semi and drive right onto the church parking lot, and which tends to get a few eyeballs, right? So immediately we get out of the truck, we go up to the door, and we're getting greeted. You are definitely... A man of Jesus, if you drive your semi right into the church parking lot, I'm like, well, I'm here for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hide in Crimson Creed. Yes. And, you know, when we stop at churches, we don't go in with this idea of like, oh, we want to cause a scene and get all this well, attention. And normally we would Uber, but the town didn't have an Uber. Right. Yeah. But... Of course, you go into a new church, especially a smaller one, they know you're new because they don't recognize you. And immediately people start asking questions and then we tell the story, right? Yes. But they were very warm and welcoming at this church. Yes. And so, I don't know, you want to tell some of the story? Like we go in there, everybody's just, hey, how's it going? And we're just kind of sharing a little bit about what we're doing we're driving that truck outside. We we well, created the radical road. It's a small town. And when you're in a small town, I grew up in a small town and went to a small church. And when you go into those places, obviously, we're new faces to everyone. They're, they're going to spot us. And so it's interesting to them. And they want to know our story. And then, of course, you add the, the semi on top of it. And then you're really intriguing. So we start telling them what we're doing and it's, it's, it's exciting for them. And it's interesting because, you know, God really has put something, you know, he really put a creative calling on us. You don't hear this one every day where you're out traveling across the country and an 18 wheeler doing ministry. That's not one that you hear often. And so, I haven't heard another person yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, there's definitely truck drivers out there traveling across the country and they're doing church work. They're, they're doing little chapels, which is amazing as well. That's just not our specific calling. But yeah, the message was, first of all, the worship was incredible. It was just incredible. And when we go into a church and we worship, because we're in a truck, we, we actually have a time of prayer and powerful worship time within the truck. We do a Matthew 6, 6 moment of time alone with God and bring the presence of the Holy Spirit into the truck every day and pray for protection every day um, over the truck. But then when we go into the church, this is where the church becomes important. When you go inside the four walls and you're with another, when, when you're with a community, a body of people that bring in the power of the Holy Spirit together, you feel it. You feel the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the place. And so when we worship, we get lost in worship. We're glorifying, we're edifying Jesus. We have our hands raised to heaven. When we lift our hands, it's a sign of raising our hands up to heaven, reaching out to heaven and just glorifying, edifying. It's like, if you can't, if you can't do that in a church, why are you doing it at a country concert? Or why are you doing it at another concert, waving your hands around? You should be able to do it to the King of Kings. And so when we go in, it's just sort of, Matt and I get lost in worship to Jesus. It's not about putting on a show. It's not about who sees us. It's about our time there with Jesus, with the other people that believe in the same God, the same Lord of our lives. And so then um, the pastor there was pretty powerful, wasn't he, Matt? Oh, yeah. But just one little comment about what you're saying. You know, I think once you realize the power of God and then the fact that he can and will speak to you. I think that's what creates the, what we do during worship, right? Like that's, we get lost in it because 
we're getting revealed things and we can just feel yeah that God's about to do something. And that's how I felt Sunday morning. I'm like, oh boy, something is about to happen. Yeah. And so worship gets done and this particular church, the pastor got up and <clears throat> he they actually did communion this week. And then they could kind of take a little break after worship. Most churches, it's usually about 60 seconds, two minutes, whatever. And they're like, no, go get coffee and talk to somebody for a few minutes. So this was probably like a, what, 15-minute thing, probably? Yes, yes. Um, so he's like, go meet somebody. And all of a sudden, this slap comes on my back. And I turn around, there's this man. He literally walked up behind me and just smacks me in the back. And he's excited. Like, instantly, I could tell he's excited. He's like, hey, how you doing? You're a man of Jesus. I can tell just by watching you. And I'm so glad you're here today. I'm glad we met. And but I go. But I could tell on him, too. Couldn't you? Oh, like, yeah. he had Jesus written all over him. Like, oh, he was absolutely. just shining so bright. And he was just so fully anointed. And, like, I thought he knew me or something. So I go, do I know you? And he goes, no. We literally just met. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this guy's personality is extremely infectious and will flip you in an instant to where you can't help but smile. He was definitely filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we start speaking with him for a little bit and he's like, yeah, I noticed you guys were new. And he's like, every time somebody new steps in here, I just want to say hi to him and whatever. But he's like, I could just tell you to like, there's something on you. He's like, I'm so glad you're here today. And come to find out, he's an ex-pastor. Yeah, he's an ex-pastor. Yes. And we kind of told him what we were doing a little bit. Because, of course, we only have like 15 minutes or whatever. And at some point during the conversation, because we kind of bounced around a little bit on some different things. But I said, you know what? I go we go around to churches like this and visit all the time. And the, one of the things that we like to do before we leave is, you know, if they're doing an altar call or, you know, some sort of prayer for people, we, we go and we get prayer because we want to get full, filled back up and, and get equipped yeah. and protection for the week ahead out on the road. And who we're going to encounter through Jesus. And I said, I feel like you're the guy today. I said, would you be up for it? And he's like, absolutely. Do we do it right now or when do we do this? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. We'll wait till after church. I said, honestly, I there's some people here. I just feel like I need to pray for before we leave. So would it be okay for you to hang out? And he agreed to that. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. So. But the pastor's message. Was about being scrappy. About being scrappy. Yeah. It's about, you know, people really, ironically, it's what Matt and I are, scrappy. Um, his message was about the people of the church getting out there and being scrappy. Being scrappy and creative and being visionaries in Jesus and full, fully surrendering over every area of their life to Jesus. And he said, we need to be a scrappy people and a scrappy church. And it's time right now to be scrappy and to just get creative and to be bold in Jesus. Yeah. We're thinking, that's us. That's what yeah. we're doing right now. God has called us to be scrappy. And so his message was so fitting for our visit, unbeknownst to him or us. Yeah. Um, but God knew. God knew we were going to be there. Yeah. And during the message, I... Well, actually, it was during worship and the beginning of his message. I was kind of getting some thoughts about the church and, you know, some things for the town. And he kind of confirmed it because he just, one of the points that he made that really... Which is the gift of knowledge. Which, which uh, he made during his sermon was that, you know as Christians, we're going to have to do things a little bit differently, right? And that was one of the things that I was getting very early on in the service. I'm like, 
I feel like these people are really going to need to get out and just basically grab people and go, hey, we want to talk to you. We want to we want to show you our church. Whatever. Do evangelism, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like something they're going to have to do it differently than they were used to, I guess. Yeah. And he really confirmed that in his message, which I thought was so cool. Very and, cool. And then at the end of his message, they kind of go back into worship. But this woman came up to us, right? Yeah, she tapped us on our backs and we turned around and she said, I hope you don't mind, but I've been watching you two and praying over you. And God's really just given me a prophetic word for you two. Two are just so powerful in him and he has this word for you. And the prophetic word that she gave to us was interestingly enough aligned with all the prophetic words that we've gotten recently. We just went to conference at Awaken Church, our home church, what we call our home church. And we had several prophetic words there. And her prophetic word aligned with those prophetic words, but in a different way. She really used um, Peter out of the Bible to describe the prophetic word. And it was just so beautiful. It was just so beautiful. It brought me to tears for sure. And we were just so grateful, you know, a prophetic word is a gift. Yeah. It's a gift from God through someone. And so the gratitude that we had in that moment was powerful. It was powerful and it was inspiring. Like this woman's delivery of this message was just like, I was just blown away. And so it was inspiring to me. And if any of you guys are questioning um, the prophetic word of prophecy, it is biblical. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. So go in your Bible and read about it. It is very biblical. It's very real. There is false prophets. You have to be very, very careful about false prophecy. A false prophet doesn't believe in Jesus dying and rising again. But, you know, false prophet, there, there could be several definitions of a false prophet, but you have to be very careful on who you receive prophecy from. Um, it has to be a trusted source, but it is very, very real. And it is, a, it, it is a message from God. Yes. Yeah. So I was inspired so much that, you know, one of the things I do that I've been doing recently is when we go to a church, I'll just be like, Hey God, will you highlight somebody for me? Is there anything that I need to know about somebody? Who should I pray for? And this week there was a gentleman that was highlighted to me. God kind of spoke some things into me about him. And so, I, not to get, I'm not going to get deep into his story, but immediately he confirmed everything God was telling me. And it was very sensitive stuff. So it was, you know, the willingness to share what was going on was not there. But I don't know, it ended well. He let me pray with him. It was very good. Um, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about getting uncomfortable I just, you got to step into it, right? You just got to step into those Yeah, and I'm so proud moments. of you, babe, for always stepping into your boldness, like really trusting God and really stepping in with courage and, and following through with what God's asking you to follow through with. Well, it's to the point now where I just feel like I can't even walk away from it. Like, it'll just overcome me to the point where I'm like, there's no way you can walk away from this. But... Well, because then you're not being obedient, right? Right, yeah. right. And so... After that, we, you were talking to some women. I came over. I kind of just was listening to the conversation a little bit. But then our buddy, who was the ex-pastor, calls us over to a group that had assembled. Which is leadership and pastoral of the church. Yep. It was all the, all the people that, you know, pastor and lead different parts of the church and just people who have been with the church for a long time, they get at the end of the service and they just kind of pray over things and they called us over. Yeah, they put us in the middle and they prayed over us. Um, so not only did we have the ex-pastor pray over us, but everyone. Yeah. It was just so powerful. Wow. Yeah, um, pretty much everybody in the circle kicked in in prayer and it was just like, I was just blown away. Yeah. Like it was just so cool. You know, just to be accepted in that way, to be... For God to show his love through those people right. on us at that moment. That's God, God's sign of love exactly. for us, right? 
Um, but then we also, I also had gotten words about the church as well while we were in the church. And what's interesting to me is each church culture is different. And um, the reason why we go to these different churches as well is because we do have a church map on our website, on theradicalroad.com. And so we have pinned churches um, all across the country that are biblically sound, Holy Spirit-filled, healthy churches that truck drivers, travelers, or people that are moving into new areas can um, find a church and go to. And so for us, it's great to go to these churches and check them out to make sure that they are sound. And this one we didn't have on our map, but it's on there now. And, you know, but the Lord um, put some words about the church on my heart prophetically. And so it was an opportunity too that we could pray over the church. After they were done praying for us, we asked if we could pray over the church. And wow, it was a powerful, powerful time with the Holy Spirit moving in on prayer. And they were grateful as well. And it's just going to be fun for us um, from afar to watch their journey and to see what God does with this church. Um, he's got some big plans and um, this church is going to see a lot of change. It's going to be, as we've been told by the founder of our church, it's going to be a take back year for this church. Um, so it's going to be a yeah. take back year for a lot of churches out there. There's going to be a lot of shifting and a lot of changing in a lot of different church cultures due to what's going on within the world, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. We just wanted to share some of these things with you because... You know, we mentioned in a podcast not too long ago, we were really trying to understand what the Radical Road was about. And it's, we really think it's a movement. And we feel like, you know, not only are we meant to go out and help some people, but we're meant to inspire people and inspire whole churches, apparently, because, I don't know, we just, something happened in that moment in that church on Sunday that we really recognized when you come in and you have a powerful message from God, it can be inspiring and something shifted. Like you could, it was palpable. You could feel it. Right. And it's in those moments that we're like, okay, God, we see what you're doing with us now. We see all that you're doing with us because we didn't realize that that's what God was using us for. Um, we're just saying, we surrender. We're here for you. Whatever you want to use us for on this radical road. And it just so happens he's putting us in these churches. Right. And um, yeah, we're we're creating change for all the people within the church. But we're also hoping to inspire and create change within you, the audience, the people that are listening to our podcast weekly. We pray that you're inspired. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, God has put a purpose on us as he has everyone. And he wants us to be bold and get out and do something. And no matter what that is, because... Or no matter how old you are. Right. And because we walked into that church hoping to receive something. Like we wanted to get filled back up. We wanted to have an experience with God. That was, I don't want to say it was selfish, but, you know, we go in there. That's kind of the intent, Right. And then it just kind of flipped upside down on its head. And the next thing you know, we're just pouring encouragement into people. And you could just tell they were grateful and just, you know. And then we serve God in that moment. Right. Yeah. And it just, it really kind of changed my way of thinking and what you can do through God. You know, you just have to step into it and be bold because... You know, but we can that, do that before we even walk into our workplace during the week, right? Yeah, we can say, yeah. God, how can I serve you today here at work? Right. Or how can I serve you on my baseball team? Or how can I serve you in uh, mom time with my mom friends? Or how can I serve you before you walk into any setting or situation um, with anybody? Uh, yeah, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. Yeah. We should still be separate from the people that are living in the world. We're not going to get away from the world, um, but we should learn how to live in the world in every situation, but be of God, be of Christ, yeah. and to set ourselves apart in those situations and to serve God in, in moments that we don't even expect. Yeah, because that church doesn't need us. 
No, they don't. They're, they're powerful in their own right. They, they have are. powerful people there. Um, yeah. We just showed up on a day that we put some encouragement in them. Yeah. And they just, you could tell there was some rejuvenation right. or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, so it was great to not only receive that message, receive what we received, but be able to give them that gift to where we could just inspire them, encourage them a little bit. That was, that was a blessing. Yeah. So. And why not live on fire? Why not live in boldness? Why not live in authority and, and, and power of God? Cause that was a gift to us. Why not? Why just sit in passivity? Why just sit and be comfortable and sit in passivity? Living kingdom is supposed to be uncomfortable. It's not meant to be comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, one of the older gentlemen there made a comment. He's like, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to be united no matter what church we go to or where we're from. And I'm like, amen to that. Like, and I think that's a, you know, that's the little bit of piece of the puzzle right there was, you know, we're... We're not even from that area. We step in a church for a moment, but we're their brother we, and sister. We all we all share a common goal and yes. a common bond, and yes. and uh, we need to be inspiring each other and and praying for each other and pushing each other and doing all these things. So, yes. um, greater things can happen, right? So, anyway, I think that's it. We're done okay. for the week. We'll yeah. see you next time. Yeah, talk to you all next week. We'll see you on the road.